0: This is UL Radio. I'm Jason Snell with Matthew Bischoff. Hello. Hey,
1: Jason. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, thanks for being here. I, re- I have uh, been meeting you at various Apple theme conferences for a while now. Quite I think a while. maybe I met you at Singleton in Montreal or WWDC if you're Maybe years so. Yeah. It could be. It could be. Um, your presentation so you've worked on a bunch of different apps over the years, including a bunch that, as you pointed out, no longer exist. They're all dead. Yeah, it's there was um you know Glenn Fleischman at one point had a site called it-died.com yeah. and it died actually that site d- died too oh the irony but I like the idea that it's just sort of like the gallery of the ephemeral and you pointed out I mean there was so much uh, that I want to talk about your about your talk but one of the things you mentioned was supreme court
1: rulings yeah. that that site URLs that are currently 404s? Yeah, something like 50% of the URLs in Supreme Court decisions are just 404s now, or just completely off the internet. And I tell people who are working at media companies, if they're writing on the web,
0: um, that if they don't, um, they, they should, when they leave their company or soon thereafter, but while they're thinking of it, they should save out every single thing that they've written. Go to their author archive page and yeah. save it all out because at some point, and I've participated in these, at some point you have the CMS update discussion where mm-hmm. you're, or the redesign discussion yep. where somebody tells you, we need to draw a line somewhere, and you say, two years ago. And at that point, all the work that happened before then just vanishes and is never to be seen again.
1: And that's true in software, too. We saw Alan Pike today uh, gave a talk about iTunes and kind of advocating for a rewrite of iTunes and if you worked on a feature in that application and they rewrite it and pull it out into the music app that feature could just get cut
0: well and one of the nice things about um continuous feature updates right which always gets us the latest and greatest but it also means that it's very hard to i mean on an iPhone you can't really do what you can at least on a Mac you could archive that version or back up that version somewhere and roll back to it and that right. just that concept doesn't exist in the app store it's once it's gone it's gone forever
1: right maybe you can get it from your purchase tab but good luck you know if if we move to 64 bit or if screen sizes change uh running that application
0: and probably this fall presumably ios 11 it sounds like will probably uh clear all the 32-bit
1: apps out of the store yeah they've been showing that that alert dialogue for a while saying that this slows down your phone because it has to load the 32-bit um dynamic libraries into the system, which creates a large memory overhead, and it seems like they're they're kind of going to be done with that uh, pretty soon.
0: Yeah, and that that means a whole class. There there are a couple games that I still have that are really fun and Cannibal
1: still in that category.
0: Uh, I don't have that one. I okay. was thinking there's a there's a great uh, uh, word search game called Qwerty from mm. from uh, Lonely Star Software. I think that I love, and it's so old and, and not updated that it isn't even updated for the taller iPhone five screen size. Right. So, you know, it's old and it's 32 bit and, but it, it still plays fine and it's still great and it will be lost. Like I, unless I keep an old iPhone around, it will be lost to history and I, I will be able to remember it fondly, but I won't be able to play it. Maybe in, uh, and, and the, the, the other nagging thing is maybe in, Ten or twenty years, they'll be like an iPhone emulator that we can use. But where are the apps going to come from? Right. Like, if, and if who
1: knows with like the way that that iOS apps are signed, whether we'll be able to uh, cryptographically even do that.
0: Right. And maybe somebody saved an IPA file somewhere, but can we get into it? Can we install it on any device? Is there somebody out there who is is you know? Buying and downloading everything and storing it, maybe, but yeah. we don't know. It's also possible that this stuff is just going to vanish, and that's the end. And as an app developer, that means this thing you worked on is just gone. It's been wiped away, and you have no, you know, if you're lucky, you've got screenshots and maybe a video of it yeah. in use, but that's literally
1: it. That's one of the things I mentioned in my talk: is that um, if 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 you're building applications or software or web pages. Do try to preserve it. Do try to take screenshots and videos of it. Um, or in your case, with the CMSs, as you mentioned, yeah, like, save, save your save stories. Files.
0: Yeah, yeah. The um, one of the things that that you mentioned is um, watching a slow motion fire of the at the library at Alexandria, and it's definitely that feeling that uh, it's you can see things draining away, and there's also this sort of helpless feeling of how, you know, can anybody? Are we powerless to stop it?
1: Yeah one of the, one of the things that I think about when I think about digital technology is it, it seemed like it was almost created to be an improvement on analog. And in so many ways it is, you know, our books are searchable now. Um, we can hyperlink documents together, but in another way, um, a paper is, is, is lasting a lot longer than a lot of these digital resources. And so it, it's actually a step backwards in that way.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I have those thoughts too about uh, pure digital information being like, um, uh, it used to be you would take a phone call, and uh, the phone call would never be written down unless maybe somebody logged it, and right. and so it was safe. Like don't don't send anything in a letter. Only just do it on a phone call. And with email, we were always taught like, oh no, this can be discovered by legally. Yep. It, it, yep. It's going to last forever. But I suspect that beyond a certain. Tight time frame, that's absolutely not true, and historians of the future, in a lot of cases, are not going to have access to anything, because it's all digital, and it's all just wiped. Luckily, like, all your
1: tweets are in the Library of Congress, so are yeah, safe
0: there. Our tweets will remain, but our important emails will not. And so, like, Apple is a good example. Like, well, future historians who want to write about Apple and the creation of OS 10 or the iMac or something like that, are they going to be, is there is there uh, you know, uh, stacks and stacks of emails that are going to be donated to a museum somewhere almost certainly not right? right they were probably wiped as soon as it was legally possible for them to wipe them and then no one will ever know and there'll only be recollections left yeah so what you said was as developers but i think it is true of people who work in digital forms at all we make ice sculptures and that what i like about that it was a great talk i really loved it Thanks. um what i liked about that that visual that metaphor is the idea that Somebody who makes an ice sculpture isn't surprised that it melts. Right. And and it seems that a lot of the things we create, we go into thinking about the act of creation you said and not about their demise or the demise of things they rely on. And so what I took away from your talk in in some ways was how all of us need to come to grips with that and have have a uh, when you start a project Understand what's going to happen when it ends, and even plan for the end, so you can end. You know, you can land gracefully instead of crashing and burning.
1: Yeah, that ice sculpture metaphor is from uh, Jared Sinclair, who makes a lot of apps that I that I really enjoy, and some of which have also uh, have also ended. Um, I think it is important to game out the scenarios in which the th- the things that we make will will end. And to make sure that there's a clear path, a clear transition path for the for the customers or readers or, or viewers um, to move forward, and, and um, give them their data if they have data in the system, give them a way to get that data, and hopefully uh, new services and, and applications will be able to consume it. The uh,
0: the cloud complicates this even further. I, I, I was thinking about how. Um, John Syracuse talks about the video game Journey, which is a great game. I bought a PlayStation Three just to play it, and I don't have any regrets. It's it, on my list. It is a legitimately great game. Uh, you can get a—I mean, it's on PS4, but you can you can get a PS3 really cheap now. and I'm sure you could play it without too much trouble. But one of the aspects of that game, without spoiling too much, is that you get to interact with other players who are playing the game with you, and it's gen- it's a very gentle, light touch kind of interaction. But it is an interaction where there's never more than one other person in the world you're walking through, but that one other person in the world is another player somewhere, and you never know who they are, at, at, right? It's super light. Right. But what John was saying is, already the the way that the game was intended to be played is lost because the real way it was intended to be played was a bunch of seekers trying to learn about this game together. And if you play it today, if anybody's there at all who hasn't just given up playing it, the people who are going to be there are in large part going to be experts who've done oh, everything. Wow. Yeah. And so... I think about that when I think about relying on the cloud you mentioned if if you've got a cloud service that you rely on that may be the precipitating factor that you your app may be fine but there's some service that you came to rely on or your website or whatever that goes away and and if you don't plan for that eventuality like literally it's uh, it, it's almost um Malpractice, I guess, to say to to just accept I'm going to use this thing and it's never going to go away and it's always going to be fine because right, inevitably right. it's, a, it's, it's a all going to go away. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, what about your story? You you had an app uh, quote book mm-hmm. and you had to this this I think was the kind of the prompt for talking about this you yes. had you had to take it down, and did you do a lot of extra work to take it down, or were you lucky that you had export features and things like that it
1: was It was more the latter we We had already built uh, backup and restore functionality and exporting so all all the work that was required to take it down was updating our customer support uh, templates to make sure that if somebody emails in now they get a response that lets them know um, how to, how to get their data out. Uh, I think we released a final bug fix update um, just for, for some naggling bugs to make sure that that people who wanted to keep it installed could keep it as long as um, possible. And uh, and we wrote a wrote a post to our customers explaining the the business realities of why we had to shut it down.
0: So the last thing that you said that I wrote down in the talk is about is think, thinking about glasses and that the glass is already broken. And this is this is an acceptance that there that there's always an ending. Right. That that, a, that, that that beautiful. Breakable thing isn't broken yet, but it's going to break.
1: In a way, it kind of already is broken. If you if you look at it from a different perspective, right? Um, which is that that uh, uh, Buddhist teacher that I that I quoted.
0: Yeah. So so uh, I would say even uh, there are a lot of physicists who would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. That time, you know, all time happens, and all time is happening, and you know, this is the everybody's got a, a cycle, and objects will be broken, and and they are broken. But the way. To think about that, to go back to your original point, is to appreciate it when it's there, but also to understand that it won't be there at some point. And the act of creation is linked to the act of of destruction or of an end. And that if you're the creator of something, you should be thinking about what its life cycle is—the whole life cycle, right?
1: Exactly. That's right.
0: It's a good lesson, I think, for everybody to learn. I mean, in life, <laughs> and whatever projects you're working on. That-
1: yeah, it took it took me a while to realize a lot of that thing, a lot of that stuff. But I hope that. Um, sharing it helps some other people see it a little bit sooner.
0: Yeah, it was really great. Thank you so much for speaking at Ool and for being on Ool Radio. Anytime. All right. That was Matthew Bischoff. I'm Jason Snell. This has been Ool Radio.